Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. Oh my gosh, Jackie Cation here in my garage with a delight of a human being. You guys, do you know Ron Vi? Because you should know Ron Vi. Uh, Ron Vi has given me a lot of notes. I've written none of them down. Uh, you can see that this page is empty, except for the words 734 and Ron Vi. Ron, what is your Instagram, Twitter, website handle? My Instagram, Twitter, uh, website handle is Ron, 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 R-O-N-N-R-O-N-N-R-O-N-N. Actually, wait, it's that on Instagram and now threads because we're supposed to be threading. So it is that on threads. And then on Twitter... I guess I'm still going to tell people it's R-O-N-N-R-O-N-N-V-I-G-H. All right. Yeah. And that is how you indeed spell your name, but just the one Ron, correct? <laughs> yes, just one Ron. You know, I, add, <laughs> I added the second N to it when I was like 13 or 14. Sometimes parents should just not let their kids do whatever they want. Mine didn't. This is so, I wanted to change my spelling to J-A-Q-U-I, and Nancy Cation was like, not a chance. 
Not, none of this 13-year-old bullshit. Well, I'll tell you. Um, Adeline, very supportive of your parents. Yes. Very supportive. Adeline Vine, very supportive. Um, and I'll tell you this. The reason why I want to change it is I was on the Junior Bowlers Tour growing up. I was the 1994 New Jersey Junior Bowler of the Year. And Woo! my bowling coach was named Ken with two N's. And so I wanted to be Ron with two N's. That's actually adorable. Can I just say that? Can I say that it's pretty adorable? So uh, it, it, it's something. So now it's just my lucky N. It's my gay flair. Right. Yeah. you know, Gay flair. Uh, here's what I told my friend today. Uh, who sometimes says dumb things. Uh, I said, I'm doing a dork forest today about the golden girls. And he said, I know so many women who are really into the golden girls, like obsessed point. He, he said, I don't know any men. And I said, does it help that he's a gay man? He goes, Oh, then he won't be called gay for liking it. And I was like, this <laughs> oh, is geez. an interesting sentence that you said out loud in 2023. Uh, one of my best friends. Uh, and uh, Ron Vi, you're out, right? Yes. Uh, it would be terrible if I wasn't suddenly. <laughs> this has been the review. <laughs> Ron Vi, San Francisco comic and a goddamn delight. Uh, now living in Las Vegas. Uh, for really who knows has- how long? Who knows how long, but I will say this. You have made the last two trips to Las Vegas bearable to me. You know what? I will fly in anytime you're in Vegas and try to, and try to keep that going. Um, because I just, it's becoming unbearable to me. So, uh, is it super hot there right now? Cause it's July, uh, 14th Bastille day. Yes, there is. Um, I have yet to really go outside, but there is a little, (laughs) um, picture of a thermometer, that's going red on the bottom of my computer with a little fire sign next to it. And the words hot. So yes. So yes. (laughs) Yes. Even your computer knows it's hot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be one eighteen tomorrow. That is so hot. That is it. My, I don't even remember the hottest place, which I know where it was. It was in Kuwait in August. Uh, and, uh, and it was hard to breathe. But I think Vegas rivals that to some t- to some extent. It's I amazing. I mean, with all the smoke in the casinos, it's hard to breathe here almost any day. But uh, it's true that. <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, it, it's uh, 118 degrees. I used to defend the heat here by saying we have air conditioning, which not right. every place in San Francisco does. And uh, my apartment in San Francisco that I still have does not have air conditioning in it, and uh, we have pools. But at a certain point, it doesn't matter if you have AC or pools; it's just damn hot. well there you go and i'm glad that you've i mean you've lived there almost two years las vegas right oh my gosh no august is three years so it's yeah yeah so you i say you've given it the old college try my friend uh i did you did you wanted to but you really haven't found anybody to hang out with right yeah on the regular luckily you are partnered up (laughs) yeah but after a while when we both kind of do work from home and stuff unless i'm doing stand-up he He's like, no, go find someone, please. Right, leave me alone. Right. Go, go uh, play a game. And yeah. good, yeah, and good things happen when I leave him alone. Like last night, I felt guilty about leaving. I just need to get out of the apartment. And when I came back, he made Yorkshire pudding. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that is a dream come true, quite honestly. Andy yeah. makes a hell of a uh, a chicken popover, a tarragon chicken popover that makes me uh, so happy every time oh he God. makes it. So last night he made the Yorkshire pudding with a roasted chicken. But Andy's just like combining them. Oh, 
Real, exactly. Yeah, I can only, and what it does is it creates a, a glorious thing that I call chicken bread. Uh, chicken bread is just essentially, I make it not popovered. I just take, rip up like a loaf of rosemary. I've talked about this so many times. Uh, it's my door cup. <laughs> Hi, Rangers. And uh, uh, the uh, and I just put it under a roast chicken, roast chicken on top of like a rosemary oh. loaf of bread, like a garlic rosemary. And then all of a sudden you have bread soaked with chicken schmaltz that you eat Ooh. in your face. I as love much, that. Yeah, until you're told by your arteries to <laughs> knock it off. Knock it off. Well, I love that you even make something. I don't make anything. And There's I, no cooking? Not for me. I'm actually banned from the kitchen uh, most times. <laughs> Which uh, is, uh, it's not closed off. How, how does he, uh, 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 you're, you have an open, you have an open bi- area. We do. I, I just, because he's like, get out. You're going to make a mess. You're going to break something. I broke our Dyson vacuum cleaner twice. Like, oh, he no. knows what's going to happen. Um, yeah. And I tried, like, years ago in our San Francisco apartment, which is a very typical long railroad apartment. I was in the kitchen. I think it was his birthday or something. And um, I said, I'm cooking for you tonight. And you're not allowed in because you're going to micromanage. So no. And he, I tested it during the day and it was good, but now it was game time and I was getting nervous and he's in the living room, which is all the way down on the other end. And here I go. I got my scallop because he likes scallops. I'm like, I can see your scallop. And I put it on, I put it Mm -hmm. on. And all I hear five seconds later from down the hall is, I don't know what you're cooking, but your pan is way too hot. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is a real superpower to be able to micromanage from at least 60 feet away. Good for him. Good for him. He knows what he's doing in the kitchen, and I do not know what I'm doing in the kitchen. I wonder if there's a nanny cam. Uh, (laughs) That would be hilarious. I mean, yes. Okay. I have to say that we've already been talking for eight minutes, so we need to get to the Golden Girls. All right. I have seen a handful of episodes. I know that there's five old ladies. They are constantly talking about sex, and a couple of them are getting laid with (laughs) old men. Is this correct? You're not wrong, except that you said five old ladies. There are four old ladies. Oh, shoot. (laughs) I always think that there's a fifth. You know, that little one always makes me think she's two. Um, <laughs> well, you know, there are a lot of other characters that come and go from this series. As a matter of fact, one thing that we will talk about at some point today is uh, the lack of continuity in the uh, series. Uh, oh, let us begin. Well, yeah. first of all, let us begin with the names of the characters. Yes. Maud. Yeah. What is Maud? <laughs> well, Maud, Maud was Maud back in the 70s, right? B. Arthur, right? She was right. Maud back then. And in this, uh, uh, in the Golden Girls, she's Dorothy, Dorothy Spornak. Spornak? Yes. And Dorothy was married for 38 years before her husband Stan left her for a stewardess that he met. So, oh, I did not know that she, he, he was... That's 38 years. Yeah, and Stan is always coming back. In fact, like, he usually knocks on the door, rings the doorbell, and they open the door, and the catch line is, hi, it's me, Stan. And then Dorothy says something very, like, cynical or condescending. <laughs> Sometimes she just closes the door in his face. Matter of fact, <laughs> the amount of door closings and faces on this show is amazing, and I wish we can do that in real life. <laughs> right, just a rudeness that is yeah. just epic. Oh, it's so inspiring. 
Oh, door closings. All right. Maybe okay. if I were to write a script. Go ahead. <laughs> so that's Dorothy. So She's tall. That's Dorothy. Yes. So Dorothy is very tall, right? And in contrast, her mom is very short, but we'll get to that after we name the main girls, right? So right. next we have um, Rue McClanahan, who was also uh, in Maud as uh, Vivian, I believe. That sounds, uh, yes, I sometimes get Maud and Mary Taylor. I don't get them mixed up, but I sometimes get them mixed up. <laughs> it's fine. Television has not always been my life. Okay, so. And, and the funny thing is, I hardly watch any TV now. You ask me to name anything about modern TV shows, I wouldn't know nothing. But if there was like some sort of college class to teach on the Golden Girls, <laughs> I'm your guy. I'm your gay. Uh, I am your golden gay. So, okay. <clears throat> so Rue McClanahan plays Blanche. Blanche. Okay, Blanche Devereaux. Her maiden name is Hollingsworth, and there's something very interesting. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, so Blanche was actually... Okay, first let me tell you about the other one, which is Betty White, okay? Betty okay. White plays Rose Nyland. Rose Nyland... A lot of people like to say that Rose Nyland is dumb. Rose Nyland, to me, is not dumb. She is naive. She has a big heart. She's a little big gullible. Uh, sure. She's from the small town of St. Olaf, Minnesota, which is... Um, a f- yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A real... Uh, that's the only thing I know about it is that that's their slogan at St. Olaf College or University. It's um, yeah, yeah. That's I their slogan. I did not slogan. know that. Sure. There we go. I frankly didn't even know St. Olaf was a real... You know, oh. there's... There's so many discrepancies in the show that we will talk about it at some point, but, um, but sometimes it's harder to know what is real and what is not real. Um, oh, I and, bet. And Rose, I mean, in one episode, Rose lives in a fairy tale world where she thinks Bob Hope is her father. Is Bob Hope on the show? He is on the show at one point. Oh, my God. That's yes. amazing. That's, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, He's on the show. He appears at their talent show that they are running. This show has several episodes where they're running talent shows suddenly or they're (laughs) or they're trying to randomly save a lighthouse that nobody mentioned for five seasons. (laughs) And they're putting on another. There's no continuity. They just whatever, whatever these writers like think up, they like went for it. Now, here's the thing with the characters that Rue McClanahan and Betty White portray. Um B. Arthur said did not want to do the show because she thought it was just going to be a repeat of Rue McClanahan playing Vivian for Maude and Betty White playing Sue Ann Nevins, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they actually, because that's who they were supposed to play. So they... Oh, that be- was the plan. Yes. Yeah. And then the actresses actually asked about swapping and they swapped the roles. And oh. that's how Rue McClanahan played uh, Blanche, who was often referred to as the slut. And um, and Betty White. She was hotsy totsy. She was hot to trot. She was. And then did, Bl- uh, did Blanche ever? Was she married for thirty eight years to anybody and then got divorced? Very funny. Blanche was married to Charlie. Which no, excuse me, wrong. Blanche was married to George. <laughs> George died. And what's funny is wrong. <laughs> George died. Okay. George died, and they're living in the house that Blanche lived in with George. Okay. Oh, that's where they're, that's, that's yes. the setting? Yes. Okay. It's so, Blanche's house. Yes, because Blanche needed roommates after George died. Okay, because George didn't have good insurance or something. <laughs> well, it's so funny because, like, yes and no, because these storylines go back and forth because a lot of times Blanche is portrayed as being from a very wealthy family in the South. But right. suddenly she needs roommates. It, it's very odd. I don't also, know if you've been to the South, but really rich in the South. 
Not that rich. Um, wow. <laughs> Who just said that out loud? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, there is an episode where they go to the old mansion that Blanche grew up in. And um, so I think it's implied that they come from a wealthy family. And the uh, head of that family, by the way, is known as Big Daddy. Uh, oh, my God. All right. Okay. But anyway, so um, George Blanche was married to George. George died. And there is a discrepancy in how he died. Two different episodes, two different stories. Really? Yeah. Now, Sophia, of course, is the mom of Dorothy Spornak. Oh, that's right. The Arthur, <laughs> is her right? name uh, Sophie Spornak? <laughs> no, it is not. Because Spornak is the married name. It is Sophia Petrillo. Petrillo. Yeah. So she's supposed to be Italian. Yes, okay. uh, which is really funny because Estelle Getty, a lot of times in these books uh, and stories that you read, she couldn't identify with the Italian part. She's like, why can't you just make her Jewish, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that is the setting they talk about growing up in Brooklyn. That is apparently where um, they were from and where Sophia raised uh, them. No, so she winds up coming in uh, in episode one. But she wasn't supposed to be a series regular. Matter of fact, here's the thing, and we're going to talk about how the Golden Girls were way ahead of their time in many ways, is that they had a character called Coco in the first episode only. Okay. Coco was the gay chef. Okay. 1985, they're coming on 1985, as a new series. 1985, there's a gay chef. Yes. There what was the-, the previous gay? Was it Soap? Soap had uh, was it Billy Crystal's character? Yeah, was gay he was soap? gay. Yeah, I don't know what year that was. That was like, like it was late seventies, early eighties. Okay, um, but but yeah, so they had he was supposed to be a lead character. Well, apparently Sophia tested way better than the gay chef. So out with the gay chef. <laughs> In with the old lady. Yes, exactly. And she winds up there because her nursing home burns down. Oh my God! Did she burn it down? Do we know? Well, very funny. Uh, there is an episode that comes out many seasons later where they try to pin the nursing home on burning down on her because of like some sort of like cooking device that she would have. Okay. Yeah, but then she couldn't remember because conveniently, Sophia developed a memory problem during this episode and this episode <laughs> only. The rest of it, sharp as attack. Sharp yeah. as attack. So you- Okay. You got your characters here, and, you know, it was supposed to start in season one as um, as really about women's issues as they age. And it is... Quick question. Yes. Uh, who was Rose's uh, husband? Oh, sorry. Rose's husband was Charlie when that I like, misspoke her. That was Charlie. Charlie, for most of the storyline, was an insurance salesman. And then, like, he died. Not quite sure how he died. I don't think that's ever addressed. Um but okay. he did die. Uh, now, now we know. So they were, oh, so it was supposed to be Maud, but updated about women's issues and be Arthur to sort of be an older Maud. In a sense, because the creator was Susan Harris. Susan Harris created Maud. She created the Golden Girls. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I believe that, that that was sort of what they wanted to do with it. And season mm-hmm. one, you could definitely see one of my least favorite seasons. I, I actually, I say this all the time, don't know how people stuck with the show. But I think it was so out there. And it's funny to say out there since this was the 80s, though, to see four mature women. Living together seemed like an out there situation. And I want to tell you, the original name of the series was Miami Nice. Oh, my God. 
It was because of that cop show set in Miami. Miami Vice. And so this was yeah. sort, of, sort of like supposed to parallel it and, and Miami Nice. And then that got changed eventually to uh, the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. I like Golden Girls better, I have to say. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. So this is fascinating. So season two is when it really starts to get. So if it's not about women's issues, like what did they, were they trying to do like sort of health care and aging and sex and what were they doing? Okay, so season one, I felt like it was just the more serious side of the women's issues. Like, it was still funny. There were still jokes, but they were still kind of finding their footing. I don't think it was the Golden Girls that a lot of the new generation that loves the Golden Girls, uh, who didn't grow up with it, that they... that they see. They see kind of more of the antics and the slut jokes, but there's still purpose to those too. Now I have to say, looking back on this in 1985, um, uh, I was in New Jersey and I was with my grandma a lot. I was at my grandma's house a lot. Now my grandma (laughs) had four old lady friends. Okay. So she was living it. Yes. And they were like in the circle and there was Gloria, there was Hilda, there was Marie next door and Agnes down the street, who's commonly known as the loud mouse. So they only want to invite her over at night. Uh, (laughs) And and so there were so many parallels when I look back now that I was kind of living a real life golden girls with with them. And yes. And this is what they were going through. They were the same ages. Let's see, because my grandma died at 81 in 2000. So in this period, she was early to mid 60s. And right. And her lady friends were about the same age and they had a lot of the same interactions and things that they would do and a lot of the same type of arguments and so forth. (laughs) So that was very fascinating to me. So in season one, you um, some of them are like about to get married uh, because I think like what they were trying to say is is, um, oh, they found love in such an old age. Right. And then, like, oh, isn't that nice? But then something always happened. One of them was a bigamist. uh, Oh, my God. Another one was only looking um, to have Blanche as a wife because he basically had younger children that he wanted her to raise. Oh, my gosh. They Uh, were doing things like Rose couldn't get a job because of ageism. So Dorothy kind of fluffed up her resume for uh, her. There were a couple of things. Now, to me, um, it really took off. I hate to say this out loud because I hate being wrong, but I think it was either episode 19 or 20 in season one. <laughs> there was, they called him a midget. I don't think we would call him a midget now, um, but they were commonly referred to him as midget and it was Rose's date and, um, and she was dating him. And so there are some, it's a really fun episode and there's some classic lines where Rose dates uh, Dr. Jonathan Newman. And, okay. and, and, and to me, I think this was a turning point. I don't know if it was for sure or not, a turning point for them, but they okay. took what they were trying to do and then they made it really silly. And that sort of upped the ante. Okay. For the following um, seasons. Right. And, uh, it's always like, you know, you think about the, uh, the short person or little person that is the actor in this situation and how much you want that guy to have work, but does he have to have the same elf joke or the same stupid ass, you know, does it have to be that every time? So, well, and was here's the it thing. some of that, and it but was, also some of better. It was some of that. There is a great scene where Dorothy is talking to Blanche in the kitchen, and she's like, "Dr. Jonathan Newman is a guest in our house. I don't care if you feel self conscious about it. You have to go out there and show him the charm." And she says, "You're right. I want him to feel comfortable in my house." 
So she goes out there to offer him an appetizer. She goes, shrimp? And then she freaks out and starts turning around. Oh, God. <laughs> so there's jokes like that. But this is yeah. the funny part at the end of the episode. Is, okay. Is that... Spoiler Dr. alert, 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jonathan Newman asked to go out to dinner and have a talk with Rose. And he says, I can't date you anymore. And she said, you know, I've done a lot of soul searching, basically. And I know there's differences between us, especially your height. And I don't care about that. I love you. And he goes, I can't date you because you're not Jewish. <laughs> oh, God. And, and he just left it at that. Yes. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, my God. So as the, as the seasons go on, they get sillier and sillier, uh, but there's still some issues. Uh, season two, episode one, there's a scene that's kind of funny, and it talks um, just about aging, right, and how people betray you. And um, there's a funny scene where uh, they talk about the aging process, and they have a mirror, and and they go like this and go, ah, you can't, no, don't do that. But then she goes, oh, look, everything falls back. And then, of course, Sophia makes a line about... Blanche being on her back all the time because how oh, right, they're on right. her back, you know. <laughs> but uh, there are oh, a the, lot, of, yeah, there are a lot of episodes that they do in their very funny way that makes them way ahead of their time. Are you ready okay. to hear about some of them? I am very much ready to hear about some some of them. Let's do this. Okay, there is an episode in 1990 where they think Rose has AIDS. Really, in 1990? Yes, I that mean is, that is. Brut- that's brutal, right? Right. It, it's uh, uh, the epidemic started right, I think, in like '84 or somewhere in the mid '80s. And one of the th- make this funny back then on a family show on network TV <laughs> on a right. Saturday night at nine o'clock. Um, also, I may add in probably one of the worst time slots. So I don't think they even wanted this show to succeed. Right. I bet you they didn't. And it did. People are. And it did. It completely succeeded. I listened to this Julia Louis Dreyfus uh, mm-hmm. podcast, and uh, she tells a story about when she was at Saturday Night Live and they straightened her hair. And one of the muckety mucks at NBC called her in the next day and he said, I loved your hair. And good news, four other executives from NBC called me to tell me how much they loved your hair and they, they wanted to fuck you. And she was like, what? <laughs> and he was like, that's such, I mean, that's, that's going to get you work. And she was like, she didn't, she said, she doesn't even remember what she said besides right. laughing in his face. <laughs> but, um, but they're not going to want for old, older women. Like how old were these actresses at this time? Do you know? Well, okay. So on the show, they were supposed to be around their sixties. I do know that Blanche was the youngest. Ruth McClanahan was the youngest out of all of them. And if okay. I remember correctly, Betty White was actually older than Estelle Getty, who played the mom. Yeah. Oh, Dorothy. Yeah. So, uh, but so, Rose. So, yeah. So the AIDS in 1990 is huge. It is huge. And they did a couple of things that they made a point, but they also tried to make be funny about it. Like Sophia started marking like the cups with letters on them. Uh-huh. And then she, and Dorothy would be like, Mom, why are you drinking like out of that cup or whatever? And uh, why are you doing that? And, she, and Sophia tries to cover up and they like, no, R's for regular, D's for decaf. But she was really making a rose cup because she thought if Rose had AIDS, I could get oh, AIDS. Right, so right, the right. Just point from was, the cup. Yes. And so the whole point was to dispel that, like, myth and rumor. Yep. And I think there is even a line in there, and I can't remember the exact line, but it's how AIDS is not a gay disease. Right. 
So, okay. Yeah. So they were making points uh, back then. And there's a lot of gay characters after Coco the Gay Chef. There's an episode in season two where Jean, Dorothy's friend from college, comes to town and she's a lesbian and she falls in love with Rose. But Rose Who is so. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The storyline is that they both grew up on different types of farms. So Rose okay. falls in love with her, but like as a friend who can yeah. understand her weird like farm life, you know, yep. stories. Mm-hmm. And Jean has to leave because she feels like she fell in love with Rose after her partner Pat died. So <laughs> it's it's so funny because you think about it. And you're like, okay, well, they're saying this lady lived a very happy, normal life with her partner, Pat, a lesbian. But yet they had to go name her Pat. Pat. You know, which instead, just of fe- a, like, instead of Patricia or Patty or... Right, because it had to become a running gag that Pat was a guy. Uh, but a lot of the writers were also gay guys, too, so... Right. Were they? Were they a lot of gay guys? Uh, there were. Most of the room? There were a lot of uh, There were a lot of gay guys, and I think more gay guys came on as the series progressed. I don't think it started off as a lot of gay guys and i think it turned into uh you know we love to take over we see a right. good thing <laughs> <laughs> they're like no no i think i can make this even better it's uh, like sex in the city yes and uh but the um though that that uh that went over the edge anyway but the uh i will say that were do you know if there were any gay women were there any lesbians in the writing staff Ooh, i Okay, I do not know if there were any lesbians on the writing staff. Okay. Yeah. I did do some uh, research because uh, there's so many bit characters and I want to know where they went. And uh, fascinating, I guess, is that there was a little character who was on for one, two, three seconds, maybe, called like Bobby Spina. And I think Bobby Spina wound up being a writer at some point on the show. I'm very confused about the process, but all I know is that there is currently a, um, a transgendered sort of um, actress and... Um, uh, um, Who what is... You, what does she do? I believe that was Bobby Spina. Oh, Bobby Spina uh, is transgen- transgendered and yes. transitioned uh, into womanhood. Yes, and into, I remember just okay. reading, like, this story at some point because I'm always, like, Googling stuff and reading stuff and getting things confused. <laughs> but, I'm constantly Googling the Golden Girls. I'm yes. constantly reading about the Golden Girls. Uh, Ron Vi, by the way, let's just tell people. Let's just tell people real quick that I'm talking to Ron Vi, and Ron Vi is a great stand-up comic. And if you go to spell Ron with two N's, and you look up uh, at Ron Ron uh, anywhere, you'll find him. But it's uh, Vi spelled V-I-G-H, and Instagram, Twitter, Threads, Threads is happening. It's a thing. Uh, let me let me tell you this: is that uh, there might be an ad here. There might be an ad here. Let's find out. Was there an ad? Oh, my God, if there was, how great was it? Ron, welcome back to the program. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's my favorite thing to do with the ads, quite honestly. Uh, so uh, so what? how many seasons were there? Seven. It went from 1985 okay. to 1992, and back when there were real seasons. So it was definitely about 25 to 28 episodes per season. I might have my numbers wrong, but I think there were 182 episodes. Um, okay. Because once they hit 100 episodes, then they could be syndicated back in the old days, how how syndication used to work. And this book, I have this great book here. Mm -hmm. Um, And the guy who wrote this book, Jim Colucci, uh, he's actually partners, or at the time of this book was written, it says that he was a partner of Frank DeCaro. 
And yeah, and so this is a really good book for anybody that likes it. It's called, and if you can't see it, it's Golden Girls Forever, An Unauthorized Look Behind the Lanai. And... The lanai. The lanai, yeah. And there's a what lot is of, a lanai? I forgot nobody knew what a lanai was until the Golden Girls. What, what is it? I forget. We're almost still not sure in a way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, an outdoor patio, I would say. Okay. Okay. I have only recently embraced the word pergola. So uh, <laughs> look, it's much like uh, you would put a pergola over a lanai, you guys. Yeah, you could do that. There, mm-hmm. You can do mm-hmm. that. Uh, this does have a whole section dedicated to their 100th uh, show. And what's nice about this is they break down episode by episode, and they often have um, people from those episodes interviewed in there. So like Edie McClurg, she was in an episode, and she basically, without saying it, talked about how Dorothy or B. Arthur was kind of a bitch to her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has a hard day. I bet you B. Arthur uh, was a really good friend, but occasionally, but when she was in a bad mood, was super grumpy. Yeah, and, it, and it's like none of that like really matters. But you know, the gays we love the gossip. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so this is a, a a really interesting book and a good find. And what I have to say is, is that this book was given to me by a comedian, and. I have a lots of Golden Girls stuff that I would love to show you. And I would like to tell you, I don't like spending money on this stuff. Okay. I like a practical gift. I remember I had an argument with my mom one time because she said, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, a hamper. And she said, I am not buying you a hamper for your birthday. That's ridiculous. And I said, I need a hamper. Uh, <laughs> and I don't want to buy it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. So I don't like spending money on these frivolous things, but I don't have to because Not only, so I think everything I got here that I'm about to show you is from a comedian friend. Um, Okay. And some of them, I don't even know who sent them. They just show up at my place. Oh my God, that's hilarious. We got something like that, that we don't know who sent us. And it just showed up on the doorstep, which always makes you go, oh, I, that's right. My address. Everybody, clearly, you need to go to the YouTube channel for the Dork Forest and look this up. Uh, this showed up on our doorstep in a box. Interesting. And it is a dice tower. That's what it's called. Oh. See that hole down there? Oh, okay. That's where the dice come out. And you put the dice into his little beanie, into his little head ah. right here. He's got a little yarmulke head. And, uh, and there it is. There it is. And, and you don't know who sent that. We have no idea, but it's like a $100 item, $75 item. And it lights up. See? The fire. You see the fire? <laughs> I love it. Oh, my it's, God. It's pretty great. And I'm going to turn it off so the battery doesn't go out. Okay. What are you going to show me? Well, What do you uh, got? This you got one is merch? This is one of the mystery ones. Let's see if you can see this clearly enough to identify what it is. Can you see that picture? That is a that is a drawing of Blanche on top of a sandwich. Is that correct? Do I have that correct? That is correct. I don't know if this is what they were going for, but I like to call it the Rue McClanahan. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're just gonna uh, stop recording right now and walk. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> so that showed up from a mystery person. 
Um, I forget who gave me this. Oh but somebody sent Sophia's judgment. It's like Altoids. Oh, they're mints. But judgments. Yes. Sophia's judgments. I believe this came from comedian Robert Berry. It's a Shady Pines mug. Shady Pines is the nursing home that burnt down that is referenced many oh, times. There you go. That's where uh, Sophia yes. uh, started out. Okay. So when Sophia's about to say something um, wrong because of her stroke that she had, which is why she was in Shady Pines, the running gag is as soon as it's about to come out of her mouth, Dorothy glares at her and goes, Shady Pines, ma. And then that's like <laughs> the running gag there. Um, let's see. Comedian Susan Thompson from Canada gave me this Golden Girls hat. That is a hat. Uh, can you uh, take it off of your head and bring it closer to the camera? Yes. There we go. Has it got all the different Golden Girls on it? Does it have it all? It does have all okay. the Golden Girls on it, uh, including Sophia. And then, um, then we have the Golden Girls in space. Another hat. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever go to space? This is what it's really. <laughs> They did not, but they went to the Bahamas in one episode. And uh, Did they? What they season did. was that? Gosh, I don't remember. I want to say That sounds like a real fifth or sixth season well, kind I wanna of thing. Well, I want to say season five. And what's interesting is it's one of the discrepancies because Dorothy, turns out, has a fear of flying in this episode. Oh, really? Yes, but in Did season we know two, well, in season two, one of the Christmas episodes, they all leave at an airport for Dorothy to go to Brooklyn to see the rest of the family, and no fear of flying was ever mentioned in that episode. <laughs> but, um, but, but speaking of flying, <gasps> Golden Girls mask, Golden Girls oh mask, and let I... me tell you a weird story about this. I wore this on a plane, as you should. Yep, as you um, should. And I wore it to San Francisco. And everybody, when they see me come on board, they laugh. It brings a smile. Some of the flight attendants said, so cute, right? Guess what happened? The three days that I was in San Francisco, that was when Betty White died. And I only had this mask. And then I wear it on the way back. And everybody's making sad faces. Oh, my God. So... It's insane. um, I've got two people give me magnets to say magnet. Say magnet. <laughs> yep. Uh, I love the silence there. Two people gave me the <laughs> magnets. And then the tiniest amount. I'm just I'm I'm extrapolating. I'm reading into it. A little bit of bitterness. The same <laughs> magnet. Magnet stores do better. Um, <laughs> make more. Uh Joe Marigos comedian gave me this Golden Girls change purse, which I use all the time. Oh, um, a nice little Golden Girls coin purse. Oh my gosh. I keep my credit cards and my casino cards in it. Oh, there you go. Hmm. And so that and then I'll tell you, I love all this stuff and I'm grateful for everything that people have given me. Some things that I don't have here. I wrote a list of the things that I just don't have on me. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, we're about to get into a Ron Vi Amazon wish list. Uh, <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear it. No, these are things. Okay. I don't have it. I threw this out, but um, a comedian friend of mine gave me a Golden Girls Chia pet. Oh, no. Nobody should give you a responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a puppy, not a Chia pet. No well, plants, no animals. Listen, there you go. and one day during the pandemic when we couldn't go anywhere, we did the pandemic special, which was we started the Sophia Chia Pet and we made banana bread. And <laughs> Okay. Does Sophia make banana bread? So no, but like that's what everyone was doing during the pandemic. We were making banana oh, bread. Right, and, like, right. We were making banana bread. Uh I have to say that I was once and it still haunts me, 
given a $25 gift to something called Kiva, which is K-I-V-A. It is you invest in um, people's businesses in South America. Well, what that is, is an ongoing responsibility. I give $25 to some nice lady who wants to start a dry cleaner or has decided that she's going to be a baker or whatever she's doing. And then months later, I get a notice. Hey, she paid that $25 back. Who do you want to give it to now? I'm like, I don't. I don't want to give it to anyone. I want you guys to figure out. And I have got, I, yeah. So don't give people gifts that, that it is a chore. You know, okay. I one time did uh, not something similar, but it reminds me of this gift I gave Elijah, my boyfriend uh, of 12 years. And yes. we um, typically don't give each other gifts. We're past that gift giving stage. But I thought one year it would be nice to do something. And there was this place in San Francisco that I don't know what it was called and what they really did, but they technically had a lot of workshops. So you can be <laughs> like, oh, I want to learn how to make a birdhouse. Do they have that workshop? Okay. third Friday of every month is their birdhouse making workshop. So I thought it would just be nice for him to like not learn a skill, but do something different. Well, I did. I got him a gift certificate and he never used it. Uh, (laughs) Right. Because you're like, you could go and take a class on anything. It doesn't have to be birdhouses. Right. It doesn't have to be like anything to benefit like that. I mean, it would be nice if you could make our own coffee table. But, uh, but, you know, but. I will tell what you what just though, happened there. You did just give him a test. <laughs> I did. Um, comedian Sandy Steck gave me these fabulous things. They are Golden Girls pajama pants. Oh, those are they cozy? Are they cotton? They are one hundred percent polyester. That's where it all falls apart. Okay, now it's just for the gag. Uh huh. And uh, I will tell you, the best gift to me is a homemade gift because okay. when somebody uh, takes the time, that's to- that's. Rue McClanahan, McClanahan, whoever gave you that, that was an amazing gift. Yes. And we have this, Vicki Barbalak, comedian, gave me this, and she made a whole trivia game for me. She took the time to write questions out on an index card. And to me, that's the best gift because you took time out of your day to do this. And then if I drop shift you, if I drop shift you like a a coffee table that has Betty White's face shellacked onto it, that's not as much, you know, that's too much. Yes. It is. It's just really nice. And then I answered all the questions in about 20 seconds and she went, (laughs) shit, I need to make that harder. Um, But it doesn't matter. Like somebody took time out of their day to do something. What are some of the questions was, can, do you know, are there, what is the hardest question? Did you have any problem with any of them? I did not. And then uh, (laughs) (laughs) I did not. But there's one where it said, um, where do the Golden Girls live? And I said, do you want the city or the street address? And she goes, (laughs) shit, you know, the street address. (laughs) What is the street address? I just put Miami. Uh, They lived on Richmond Drive. um, And it's mentioned once when Sophia loses her glasses and so she knocks on the door and she's like is this like 54 21 oh god i think i screwed up those numbers richmond drive or whatever yeah it's the only time that you hear about it um and coincidentally that is the episode where it's introduced that they live next to harry weston from empty nest and his daughters oh my god that's so funny yeah. So Bob Hope was on an episode of the Golden Girls. Yes, he was. They, so they had a lot of people. You know, Burt Reynolds was on uh, the Golden Girls as well. Um, 
Was he of an age? Or was he... Oh, we just finished watching all of Gracie and Frank. Frank oh, and Gra- Frank, Gracie. yeah. And uh, because my mom-in-law lives with us, and um, it's really good. And, uh, but, uh, so was, was and, and Jane Fonda dates, who's the famous actor with the big eyebrows from the OC? Uh, okay. Someone's yelling at their television right now or their, their <laughs> iPhone. You know who I'm talking about, but she dated him for, um, oh. for, I think she might've even gotten married to him. I feel so. bad. So do you recommend Frankie and Grace? Because. Yeah. I will tell I do, you. actually. You might actually love it. Frankie and Grace has wound up on my Netflix that I download to watch when I'm on a flight and somehow they never make the cut. So right. now, now that you recommend it, I, they will make the cut next time. Right, right. There are some episodes that are super funny and it's, it's, a, it's a comedy, but it's, it's, it's not played for laughs always, right? Like there's no laugh track and it's mm-hmm. not um, Baron Vaughn's in it. Oh, that's always okay. fun. Yeah. yeah. He's well, great. And so, see, on the flip side, the Golden Girls, and I guess this is a question as a comedian, too, it was always played for the laugh. So sometimes the laugh was at the expense of what they were getting at. It was like Colin Blanche or Slut or Senile Old Lady or Age Jokes or Fat Jokes. There were a lot of fat jokes in there, right? Are there? Yeah, go ahead. I was just like... So you look back at it now, it was the 80s, it was 85 to 92, but it was a sitcom and the epi- and it was go uh, go for the laugh, you know? Right. And, and, and there are some things that I think they say now then that we couldn't actually say now. Right. That, so in some of the episodes or some of the parts of, parts of episodes don't hold up is what you're saying. Well, it's funny. There's a lot of timely references um, uh, and um, sometimes even references that I don't even know about political campaigns or political figures. There's even a Harvey Milk Twinkie defense reference. Oh, my God. Right. Because that happened. When did Har- when was Harvey Milk killed? Late 70s, I believe. Yeah. Um, Peter Gallagher, by the way, yes. is who I'm thinking of from the OC. Uh, and uh, I don't now- know who that is. There, well, there's some closure. He was very handsome, <laughs> and then he become he now, he's a craggy looking old dude, uh, which is one of the best ways for dudes to go. Because uh, that's yeah, it's kind of nice when because uh, dudes age and they get mm-hmm. craggy, and you're like, oh, that's all right looking. Uh, women get craggy. You really you have to have met them when they were craggy. <laughs> anyway, so so Bob um, Hope. Bob Hope. Bob Hope was in this episode. Good work resting power the reins back because I will weed off. <laughs> and me too. When you were it's here in to Vegas, go. Elijah was like, I've never seen so many more conversations in one conversation because <laughs> you and I would just go off into another <laughs> into another world. And, 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 Poor and Elijah and, just sitting there trying to either soak it in or tune it out. <laughs> he's 12 years he's done a lot of soaking uh, uh, he's done a lot um so bob hope was in this episode where basically they're putting on a talent show sophia is dating a guy that she wants to be in the show who does a magic act but the guy okay. is so senile that dorothy won't allow him to be in this show um Dorothy. Rose is like, we can get Bob Hope. She tells everybody we're going to get Bob Hope. The whole ladies auxiliary club that they're helping put on the show for is thrilled. And then Dorothy's pissed off because it was a pipe dream. She's like, Bob Hope is not your dad. I don't know what made you like think that. And it was a little stretch of a storyline to get to that point, right? Yeah. Well, 
let's cut to like 25 minutes into the series and they have Sophia's senile boyfriend doing the magic trick and it's all going wrong. So Rose comes on stage and she tries to apologize. And just how she's about to say that Bob Hope won't be there because she's got a fool. She's a foolish old lady and she's about to do all this stuff. All of a sudden, the senile magician goes, presto, and up pops the box, and Bob Hope is in the box. Oh, my God. And the whole thing is, is that they were old vaudeville partners, the senile magician and Bob Hope. And then Bob Hope does jokes. He does, like, a three-minute monologue on the Golden Girls. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Holy smokes. That, so, and this is, well, in 85, he was still, he was still out and about to some extent. Oh I remember... God. In L.A., he used to go to Bob's Big Boy oh. um, late at night, just a sort of glad hand, sort of a soap dish. Um, uh, God, God, uh, uh, you like me. You really like me. Um, who is that actress? She is also. <laughs> <laughs> this whole podcast is going to be. Singing not, oh, the whole podcast name, for name 17 years. <laughs> Name this actress. She was in the singing nun. The whole she, podcast. Julie Andrews? No. No. The oh. um she, oh, was, no, she in, was in But Bert Bert uh she was with Bert, Bert What's his face in the car movies, <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit. Okay. And um and she there's no point to this story anymore because I've forgotten <laughs> the original. You know, Ron Vi, can I tell you that I've recently decided that I'm willing to tell people that I've been an idiot my entire life <laughs> rather than admit that I might have some aging issues. <laughs> it doesn't seem... It I, doesn't, mean, I, I think get, I have a little bit of both. I mean, you should... I, I, I don't know if this happened before or after you were in town, but Elijah is pretty much living with a 90-year-old lately. Uh, not too long ago, he goes, Hey, I just found a tennis ball in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> and why because i put that in a refrigerator and put you must have been refrigerator somewhere else yeah i i bet you were holding it and you wanted to grab the thing that was there so you just sort of put it on the shelf and grab the other thing and then didn't pick up the other oh that's uh it's interesting that i can completely see why you would have done that <laughs> I completely get that and so, you know, we have a running gag here in the house because there is a line in the Golden Girls. I forget the setup to the line, but Dorothy cynically says, yeah, it's like living in a house full of Howie Mandels. So anytime something like this happens here where I can't find something or something kooky happens like that, he goes, we will go, ah, it's like living in a house full of Howie Mandels. Like everything now, ties that back. that is hilarious. <laughs> and I love the idea that that is your catchphrase between the two of you. <laughs> But we need to dive slightly deep deeper into this catchphrase because Howie Mandel, what did he ever do to the to the writers of the Golden Girls? <laughs> I don't even know Howie Mandel's career prior to Deal or No Deal. I think he was a stand-up, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. So I did, there was there's so many name drops in the Golden Girls. The uh, the writers uh, there uh, some that held up some that did not held up like I like I mentioned um, right right uh, I mean I think Gary Hart was running for president and there was a dig at him at some point um, in there you know he was a good candidate let me just tell you something about Gary Hart I believe I voted for him in the primary and uh, I just want to <laughs> say he had an idea it was a WPA idea it was really good I all right. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me, though, of something else. Uh, talking about kind of being ahead of their time, um, 
even if they didn't say much about this or make a point of it, they still brought it up. And I think like representation, right? Um, okay. In the 80s, uh, they had an episode where they were, suddenly they were into politics. They weren't into politics the whole time. Suddenly they were all like volunteering uh, for okay. a campaign for a local councilman called Gil Kessler. So basically, Blanche winds up going over there, giving him some advice on something, but it winds up in the papers that Blanche slept with him. Blanche did not sleep with him, actually, which became a whole storyline in itself about Blanche's morals and ethics because she was always known as the slut. None of them believed her. They got into a huge fight, right? right? He wound up, she said, you have to apologize publicly. Well, guess what? He said, I apologize for sleeping with her. And he lied about it. But then his numbers went up because people saw him as a believable figure. Oh, my God. Right. I know. So this is the so basically at the end of the episode, Sophia keeps saying she has a hunch about him and she can't figure it out. So when he finally decides to tell the truth, he says, I've been living a lie. And he doesn't say basically that I didn't sleep with Blanche. He says for 30 years, I was Anna Marie Bonaducci, a housewife. He wound up being a transsexual. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This was in 1982. Seven or yes, eighty nine yes, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That's you know what? I, there's so many shows that people watch where you're just like, like remember Bosom Buddies? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There was uh, somebody posted something on Facebook uh, about how much they loved Bosom Buddies, and it led to this very interesting. And I reposted it. Led to a very interesting conversation about how it was as close to you got as supporting transgender. At the time mm-hmm. uh, that was out there in the mainstream. Right. So it was like, you know, it's sort of like um, some like it hot. The the Marilyn Monroe movie with Tony mm-hmm. Curtis and mm-hmm. Jack Lemmon. And there you had to look for things. You know, I know that like th- it's true. Clearly, obviously, I what I've just said is is for transgender people. But it's it's something that gay people have always had to do. Mm-hmm. And women have always had to do where you're just like, there are no women superheroes. There are no women heroes. Like when I was a little kid, I would always play Indiana Jones or um, Star Trek or whatever. But the only women in Star Trek were like, like there was Uhura, and but she was on the, she was just tacky. Uh, I was like, she's not punching anybody. I want to be one of the punching people. And uh, so I would always make it up where instead of Tarzan having a a boy, Mm -hmm. Tarzan had a girl or boy had a really good friend and it was me. And so, you know, like you had, you had to, sometimes you had to reach, right? Right. To, To find the role models. And so saying it out loud, this guy's transgender. Yeah. In 1989 or whatever it was. That's huge. Right. And now I don't actually think they used the word transgender, but they did say I lived for this amount of my life as Anna Marie Bonaducci. Right. Okay. And then. Yeah. And then you, you, you got the point. And there was a lot of stuff like that. I mean, even things that might not seem important now, I think were like still touchy back then. There's a whole episode on artificial insemination. Um, where Blanche didn't want her daughter to be artificially inseminated. And she's like, I can raise a child on my own. And this was still very much the period where you weren't supposed to do that as a lady. It was just probably shy of the Murphy Brown period where Dan Quayle criticized her for being a single mom. So they took on that. There was a whole episode dedicated, dedicated to nuclear war, Russian nuclear war. And they made them funny. And they silly. did. 
because they made them uh, silly and funny. And you know how they did it with this one? Rose suddenly had a sunshine cadet troop, like Girl Scouts or Girl, <laughs> you know, like that. that, that oh, uh, continuity issue. <laughs> I know that 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 only happened. I think they made there was a second episode where it was referenced, um, but then suddenly Rose was coaching a boys football team. Like it just whatever whatever happened happened on that show. You know, <laughs> uh, fair enough. It's a sitcom. Sitcoms. I I say sitcoms don't have to have continuity. Yeah, because uh, so, they're monster of the week. They're, right, they're exactly. joke of the week. Yeah, and and it worked out. And they got to tackle the things I wanted to tackle and make them funny. And we're talking about it almost forty years later. You know, right, uh, right. So in this episode, Rose writes Gorbachev, I believe, a letter about nuclear war and how she's scared. So they send someone from the Russian embassy to come in and do a press conference, and they go, "Okay, where's little Rose?" They think the letter was written by a six-year-old in her sunshine cadet troop. So that's how they kind of made it funny, you know? But it all shows Rose is, like, naive with a good heart. She's a good... um, Another one that I want to tell you about real quick is that there was a whole assisted suicide episode. Okay. This was a time of, like, Dr. Kevorkian, right? Rose... uh, Excuse me. Sophia had an older friend, Martha... And they catch up and and they have a funny scene out at dinner and she and, you know, they're going down memory lane. And she says, that's why I want you to be there with me on Monday. And Sophia basically says, I'll do anything for you until she finds out that that's when she's going to kill herself. Oh, right. And she wants her to be there while she takes the pills. Right. Right. Just so. a sort of a spotter. Uh, yeah. Uh, Grace and Frankie has that has a assisted suicide. And. um they're still addressing a lot of the same topics, right? Right. And they're not, but they're normalizing them, right? Like mm-hmm. when you look at like television, it makes it okay to be like in the, in the, you know how, you know about racism. Remember racism, Ron? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know how like black, you, when, when I literally finding out from like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that you know, entire communities were becoming more affluent and becoming more settled and becoming perfectly fine because black people could only buy houses in certain areas. And then they were destroyed by like the city deciding because there were affluent black people there to split the neighborhood with a highway system that they broke up these communities Mm -hmm. physically uh, they did it in Milwaukee. I know that. I looked it up after I, I think it was a fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But like I learned it from a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Like I learned it. This is where we get to meet that people are all people and right. that institutions can be used for bad things. And, you know, and and just history that isn't told. Right. And there's a lot of that when you dive behind, you look behind the laugh, you know, and then hopefully a lot of us try to do that as comedians too. Like I'm not a very, like I'm trying to make a point comedian, but I certainly don't want to make people ever feel bad about themselves when they leave the show. Uh, And I don't think you, you might not learn anything from my act except maybe like a new gay sex act or something, but no, (laughs) I don't know. I don't even, but, uh. But, 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 you know, it's the same thing, like being funny while trying to open people's eyes and we we can learn. We're never done learning. You know, there's no. always something to learn. Right. And, and there's always, and if you just think about the last five years and how the language has changed mm-hmm. and how you're like, well, that actually isn't the word. And yeah. you're like, okay, just tell me what the right word is. I will try. 
And, you know, I could hear it. I, I, I am actually working on a bit about um, statutory, essentially statutory rape. Yeah. It's, like, it's like people who like to sleep with older children. You know, 15, 16, 17. These are still children. And yeah. if you are a 30-year-old dude or a 50-year-old dude sleeping with, you know, that's not okay. But it also happens to young men. There's like some 30-year-old bag who's decided that she wants, you know, the strapping young man. And I was trying, I was working on that bit and a guy came up to me after the show and he was like, you know, that happens to men too. And I was like, wait a minute, is that not uh, clear in the bit? And he was like, it is not clear in the bit. It sounds like you're only talking about it happening to girls. And I said, I am sorry about that because the joke is actually about how I'm not, you know, I'm not an old bag uh, mm. who could trick uh, a child into having sex with me, but I could be. Do you know why? Because <laughs> I'm the adult in that situation. Yeah. I could trick a child into touching my bits, but I choose not to because I'm not a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also hmm, not for me. But uh, whatever. <laughs> I think a 15-year-old should touch another 15-year-old. You sh- And if willing, you find yourself, you do it. I was always sad when I was 15 that I couldn't find another 15-year-old. Um, so... If they're out there, wow, I am in the weeds, my friend. Uh, get me out of this. Get me out of this. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? The first thing that comes to mind, which is not going to help this at all, <laughs> <laughs> is, is that I like was in an after-school program, and right. uh, boy, this is just going out there now. I uh, was in an after-school program, and I remember hanging out with this girl, Tina. And I kind of had a crush on her. I was kind of trying to figure things out. I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. But when my mom said later on that when she always came to pick me up from the school program, I was always in the school director's, like, office, like, with him and Tina. Because I usually didn't like hanging out with other children. I just wanted to be an adult, which is weird because now I want to... Not yes, be an adult. Exactly. I always the adult thing. So I was always like, I'm like 13 in an after school program. I'm like, you have any files that I need organizing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> now, now, you know. So, but yeah. anyway, that guy 10 years later got busted for oh. t- touching the children. Oh, wow. Of all yeah. genders? Of all? Of, I believe of all genders. Um, all right. Well. Not quite sure, but I believe of all genders because I remember my mom, I think now at this point, I was in my early 20s, and she called me. She's like, think long and hard. Did he do anything to you? Did he do anything to you? I'm like, do you oh, just right, want right. a payday? Like, I don't, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I just got us deeper into this field. But that's the first thing that I thought of. And I don't think I've thought of that in like over 20 years. Right, right. I, I will say this. The Golden Girls never tried to touch a child. Never. That's right. Golden Girls, good egg. And you brought it back because we are at an hour, you guys. But I do want to ask Ron Vi um, a couple of questions, uh, okay. just a couple of tiny questions. Like if you were to say get in, uh, get into the Golden Girls and you do, and you kind of want to skip the first season. Mm-hmm. Wh- what about that Rose's date? Would that be the best first episode with the with the little person? Depends what your sense of humor is. I think it's, uh, for me, it-, it was sort of a good leap into what the Golden Girls became. Okay. Uh, um, I differ from Elijah, where no matter how bad or good someone says, like, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, first season's a little tough. He'll sit through it. I don't. I skip around. <laughs> I skip around. Right, right. Uh, and some- I'm a huge fan of that myself. I'm just like, well, why sit through a thing just because you are a numerologist? 
Nobody needs it. <laughs> yes. Um, there's some of my favorite episodes. There's one in season seven called Case of the Libertine Bell. That is one of my okay. favorites where uh, Blanche is hired to put on a uh, weekend for her boss. And she's thinking uh, 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 for her boss in the company, she works for a museum. Blanche has always worked for a museum. She thinks okay. she's going to get a raise by doing this. But it's a murder mystery weekend. So they wind up in a whole murder mystery scene. And so okay. that's, that's really fun. And I don't want to say anything else, but that nope. episode, because I don't want any spoilers, but I recommend that one. That one is chock full of jokes. Um, okay. There's another real silly one in season three called Grab That Dough, where the girls wind up going on a game show. Okay. But they have a treacherous time getting there because Sophia actually sent away for the tickets. They came, but Sophia kind of forgot about them. So the episode was going to be shot the next day, not the next month. And they're like, we can't get to L.A. When they yep. get to L.A., the airline loses their luggage, all of this stuff. But they still go on the game show anyway. Yep. Um, and it's just that one's just a fun, lighthearted episode. But one of, I will tell you one of my favorite lines. And it okay. has to be from a gay writer. I want to know who writes this. The game show contestant is asking the questions, right? And he goes, finish this sentence. Better late than. And then Blanche slams on her buzzer and goes, pregnant. Better late than pregnant. And that becomes a big laugh. But I thought it was such a Such a great line. Line, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a game show line. It's quick. It fits to Blanche's character. Um, So so that was. And quite honestly, uh, true. Uh, uh, as a, as, as a person who used to menstruate, let me just say better late than pregnant. Yes, please. <laughs> Amen. Blanche. I, I do not have any personal experience with that, but I agree. <laughs> Supportive I, I agree. and sympathetic. This is what I like about you, Ron. All right. Talk to me about Twitter threads and Instagram again. How many Rons? Uh, I know there's two N's in Ron. Yes, R-O-N-N, R-O-N-N, R-O-N-N. That is me on Instagram and threads. And then only do two runs, uh, do two run run, do two runs on Twitter with a Vi at the end. There you but go. I don't know how long I'm hanging on Twitter, but me I'll neither. Try. But But we're giving it a shot. And uh, I, this has been a delight. I have learned things. I have got to laugh with you. And that is my favorite. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Ron Vi. And Jackie Cation on the Dork Forest. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. Hi, Adal. How was the show? Uh, well, it was fascinating. And we are in uh, our car coming back from Comic-Con because um, uh, there's trouble with the Wi-Fi at the house. That's uh, right. The internet. Uh, so it, we're recording it like this. Hi. Hi. So, yeah, uh, it, is, it is. Here's what I have to say. Uh, it was amazing because it was Ron Vi talking about The Golden Girls, a show that I've never watched. The Golden Girls. A show that you've never watched. I almost never watch it. Right. But we, you could, you said that you could name several of the Golden Girls. Right. We, we managed to name them all. I managed to name three, and you named the other one. Actresses. Actresses. You don't know the names of the characters? No. Yeah. B. Arthur. Is, um... Ruma Callahan. Right. Betty White. Yes. And then you came up with Estelle Getty. Right. And they all have names. And it's like Sophie and, but it was, it was, Ron Vi knows a lot. <laughs> he knows a lot about. The Golden Girls. Yes. Well, here was my thing. Ruma Callahan, who yep. played Blanche. Ooh, ah. Nice. Um, it was her she house. Was, she was the saucy one. She was the slut. That was her. Called a slut. 
I asked him if it held up. Saucy one. He said it. <laughs> what do you, woodpecker? I don't know what that is. That was a strange sound. It's coming from the electronics, though. It's coming from inside the house. It's coming from inside the house. All right. Well, here's God knows what it is. Okay. It's an amazing episode. Amazing episode. We it never watched by it. talking about the, the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. Yes. That we don't know anything about. But then, now you do. And he has trinkets. And now I, do, I know more. He has I, trinkets? He has many, many uh, Rue McCallahan, Betty White. Wait a minute. They, they, they shot it in Rue McCallahan's house? Wait a minute. I have to, I have to go back a little bit. It's, I don't know what to do about this pounding. Don't worry about it. Maybe Patrick can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone now. Keep talking. Here's a scoop. Oh. This... Well, phone bonus says a beat, you guys. And I'm going to tell you that Rue McCallahan's dead husband, it was their house when George died. Okay. And George died a couple of different ways in continuity. They didn't oh. care because it was a sitcom from the 80s or 90s right, or whatever. Right, 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 And so, um, yeah, that was okay. a, it was a trip. Oh, okay. Oh, in the story it was her house. In the story. It wasn't actually Rue McCallahan's house. No, her name is Blanche in the show, so right. it, was it was Blanche, Blanche and George's house. Blanche in George's house. All and right, for some understand. reason, she needed roommates, even though uh, she was also rumored to be rich. But she was rich from the South, at which point I made a very sensitive comment. Have you been to the South <laughs> and seen rich? Not that rich. You're going to need roommates? Yeah, but they're going to—they're still going to have a big house. Right, real big house, somewhere to live. Right. Well, this has been a film. See you guys. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?